All right, everybody. Welcome to our Friday night takeover show. We have a very special guest here, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys are tuning in all around the world and on the blues train. Everybody, please give a nice, warm, and generously blues welcome to my friend, Mr. Alistair Green, man, coming in all the way from Southern California, rocking your world tonight. Alistair, how you doing, brother? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm really excited about this. Thank you so much. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we want to go way back, way back.
got a man, husband, whatever you want to call him, and he don't do exactly like you think he should, don't cut him because you can't raise him over again, you know, don't hurt him, treat him nice, and fellas, I want to say to you, if you got a wife, a woman, or whatever you want to call her, she don't do like you think she should, don't go upside her head, that don't do but one thing, that make her a little smarter, she won't let you catch it the next time. So all you do is talk to her softly. It's real sweet, you know. And you tell her, I know you'll do better. Someday, babe. Have you on Buddy Guy Radio, man? It's uh, it's 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 an honor. You've got uh, some really killer music out there on the airwaves right now. Your brand new release, Lies and Fear, that you yeah. recorded live in the studio. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's just a killer track. We're playing it here on Buddy Guy Radio, and they're playing it all over the blues uh, world on the radio and everywhere else. So, uh, congratulations on the record, man. Everything is going good with the New World Blues. Yeah, um, everything charting real good. It looks like. Yeah, I mean, you know, we put the record out in October of last year, and it and it had a really good run at radio. We've mm-hmm. had, a, you know, a lot of things that have been like in, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Rotation on different radio programs and stuff like that, and and it just kind of it's it's. It's the gift that keeps giving. It's still, you know, it's still doing well. So we're really happy about that. Dude, the album's got a lot of traction, man. And and putting this song out, for those that don't know, the song Lies and Fear was done originally on the, the New World Blues album, uh, one of the tracks on the album. And if you don't have it, you need to go get it because that's yeah. what I'm telling you. And <laughs> if you check out the live version uh, that they recorded, it it's just got some powerful punch, man. It's got a really cool, funky groove to it. So DJ Mighty Quinn is telling you, go out and get that song, man, and help support <laughs> my brother in the blues here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so question number one, my friend, 
when was the magic moment, Alistair, that you realized you were good enough to make records? Oh, well, I don't know that that moment has come. <laughs> uh, I got, to, I, you know, I've been playing music for a long time and, and recording, you know, demos, and I've played on a lot of other people's records. And at a certain point, you know, I'd shopped demos, I'd been in bands and, you know, we'd shop demos and stuff and, and none of the bands I are in ever, you know, got deals. And I got to a point about 20 years ago. So I guess I would have been approaching 30 where I was like, I'm going to start making records on my own and, and just sort of see what happens. And so I did, I put out my first record in 2001. I started recording it, you know, probably 98, 99. And, you know, mm -hmm. we did shop it around a little bit, uh, at that point, but I just started kind of making records and, you know, my career has been a little bit strange. I've had my band for, you know, 20 years, but I've okay. done a lot of different things in between. It's not like it's just been my band. It's like, I've played with other bands. I've, you know, toured with other artists and stuff, but right when I wanted to start making records. I was just like, well, I'm just going to do it myself until someone wants to help me out. <laughs> right on. All right. I like it. You jumped right into the deep end of the pool and yep the hell with them man may they all be damned if they don't get you going man well if, if they haven't already i don't know why they wouldn't because you're just a killer fucking guitar player man oh thanks man I'm putting well, that out I, there for all the world so well, i appreciate it Oh, 
was one of your most memorable or favorite performances? If, if you have one or a couple that really come to mind. Now, you mentioned you played with Robert Trower. Um, oh, anybody yeah, in particular, know, any shows that just come right yeah, up to the top? Well, man, that know, was as, far as, like, as, as far as early shows, my band back in this sort of in the late 90s. Okay. Opened for we opened for Robin Trower and we opened for the fabulous Thunderbirds. And and I remember all those shows really well because, you know, at that time, we'd pretty much just been playing a lot of, you know, local bars and stuff. And, and so we got some of these opening slots. And I think the one that maybe sticks out the most is we opened for John Mayle. There's a venue down here called the Ventura Theater. Okay. I don't know exactly what the capacity is, but it's a it's it's a midsize theater. And so that's nice. where I opened up for those guys and and a few venues in, in Santa Barbara. And those early opening for a larger act shows kind of stick out as like is like, wow, like, okay, this is doable. Like if I can open up for this guy and not get stuff thrown at me while I'm playing, right. not be booed off the stage, then then we'll just keep trying it until that happens <laughs> or, you know, or something better happens. So those early shows and, and but it, you know, I mean, that, the memory is just really of the feeling. It's not like I remember anything really specific about the show. Right. I do remember walking off stage when we opened for John Mayle and John Mayle was standing on the side of the stage with his arms crossed as we were finishing and I was walking off and I was like, Oh no, he hated it. But he's like, all right, Alistair. All right. And I'm like, all right, that's that, that, that makes me feel good. That I'll, I, I can, I can, uh, I can go on that for a little while. And, uh, but it's hard I to remember, you know, specific thing. I mean, I remember that moment, but, uh, you know, I mean, I was just on tour for the last couple of months with opening for tab Benoit, and even that's a blur, but there were some <laughs> good shows on that as well. So it's, it's kind of hard to pick out like a, a favorite moment. <laughs>
let me mention stage presence and showmanship. Obviously, you have a lot of it. I've seen you live. I know what you can do, and you you command the room. Do you pattern your style after anybody or any of your – do you have any early influences or somebody that you said, wow – you know, that that's somebody I want to be like, or do you just doing your thing, man? What comes to you naturally? Uh, I kind of do my thing. You know, I've, I, I'm sure I've picked things up, you know, mm-hmm. over the years from, from different of my heroes and, and idols and influences and sure. stuff. But, you know, I do, I come from, you know, a rock background and, and, you know, fell in love with the blues and have, and have kind of tried to combine, you know, those things. I'm good with so, both of those, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as, you know, and there were a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of blues guitar players that were great showmen, you know, and, and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, and same with rock, you know, I mean, when I was learning how to play, it was in the mid to late eighties. So there was a lot of posturing and posing on MTV. Right. Going on. But I, I always believed in some sort of a component of, putting on some sort of a show and, and entertaining. I mean, you know, and just not standing there looking bored necessarily, right. you know, right. and, and trying nice. to engage the audience. And, and, and it is exciting to be playing in front of people and the music does. I'm, I don't dance. Like if you took a guitar out of my hands, I would not <laughs> be able to do anything, but if I'm holding a guitar, I feel comfortable moving around a little bit and kind of getting into the groove and stuff. So you take the guitar it. away and I'm just going to stand there and bob my head. But if, if once I'm playing the guitar, I, I feel it. more comfortable moving around. Oh, my God. That's hysterical.
Looking back in front of me The mirror's a grin dealing and this is an open-ended question how are you dealing with the quarantine over the last 18 months everybody's got a different answer on this thing man and it's well, like curious to see yeah, what your view is well when it was you know don't go out stay at home time i worked a right. lot on music i wrote a lot of stuff i i worked with some different people on some different projects i did some collaborations i played on a on a handful of albums of other people because i can record here at home nice and so i did some collaborations i did some writing i did a lot of listening to music uh so and then i and then at a certain point i started doing some live streams off my facebook page and, mm -hmm. and youtube channel i did it every thursday i called it throwdown thursdays and every thursday at whatever time i think it was noon or one o'clock and i just get on for an hour and play some music and geek out on some stuff and talk about my record collection and just kind of tried to keep connected with people and, and I'd play some acoustic guitar and it was kind of an interesting thing to do for a while because it kind of forced me to get my acoustic and solo chops okay, together. Okay, I've done okay. a handful of, of a little bit of that over the years, not a lot. And so it was an ex it was it was a good I don't want to say excuse it was a good opportunity for me to, to kind of reconnect with acoustic guitar and right. playing and just singing songs because when you're playing with a band with the electric guitar, I mean, the focus is really just, you know, there's a band and there's this going sure. on in these grooves. But when it's just you and an acoustic, the, you, you got to have a song to sing. And Dude, you're stripped and down. There's nowhere yeah, to there's hide, no, man. There's nowhere to hide. So. And we we ended up actually, you know, with that in, in mind, we actually ended up releasing a couple uh, solo acoustic singles a few months ago for a couple songs on the record. Nice. Um, this is actually the Lies and Fear and Live in the Studio. That's actually the third single off. That's of correct. That's right. Off watch. I mean, I guess it's technically the fourth single because we were, did release "Living Today," the lead-off track, as a single, and then we did 
two acoustic solo tracks and then we just released live in fear live in the studio so yeah but the acoustic stuff you know was was a was a cool thing so that was kind of how i dealt with you know when you, when i had to stay home for x amount of time it was who would have thought man yeah Who'd doing that
Um, and you know, I mean, going back before before all this went south, um, you really didn't really see that many people doing uh, live streaming. But uh, it was, uh, you know, we were all stuck at home. I mean, it worked great for the radio station because everybody was tuning in. So right. our numbers went from this to way out here. Um, but at the same time, um, all the different bands had to come up with a way because there was nobody coming to to help anybody out. And yeah. and, and I even still told people then, hey, pick out your artists, peep out the people you like to support. Uh, you're fine. And uh, and go out and buy CDs, man. Go out and buy T-shirts. Go out and buy whatever, right. man. Help support yeah. these guys, man. They, they yeah, you did, know, yeah, it was it was really interesting. My my band at a certain point, you know, because we put the record out in right. October, which was kind of smack dab in the middle of right all that. But we ended up uh, doing a, a show. We were, we did a kind of a CD release party. My band and I went down to Los Angeles and we got in a studio and we did a we did a performance and uh, we actually we, we pre-recorded the the performance and then when we streamed it live i hosted it live and talked about it and introduced we did like two sets and nice and, and i introduced it and stuff and so it was it kind of forced everyone to get creative and i read a really i don't remember what the quote was that i read but it's like it was something i'm going to paraphrase it was brilliant i don't remember who said it but it was one of those things like if if the if being in lockdown hasn't brought out the hustle in you then you ain't got it because <laughs> it was like you got you it was if you're a musician and and you know if, if you ain't if you ain't hustling in this sort of situation and trying to do stuff then you then maybe you, you don't have it in you because you know it was it was really interesting with virtual tip jars going right. on and there was like right. pre-record there was some there was some different uh, youtube channels and facebook pages that were doing pre-recorded shows and all this stuff so it's really you're kind of trying to book yourself in a different way and right. and, and get online and stuff and so it was really interesting. It was really interesting, and, and I'm and I'm fortunate that I, you know, figured right. a few things out to do just to keep myself sane. We got mama, turn your lamp down low. We got mama. Have you got the nerve to drive Papa Mac's tail from your door? My mother, daddy, love me wrecked with my daddy, daddy, love me wild, wild, wild. Mother, daddy, love me reckless, daddy, daddy, love me wild, wild, wild. No, I'm not good looking, but I'm some sweet woman's angel child. You're the mighty mean woman, do me this away. You're the mighty mean woman, do me this away. When I leave this town, pretty mama, I'm gonna wait to stay. Why love a woman better than I'd ever seen? I want to love a woman better than I'd ever seen. Treated me like I'm a king and she was a doggone queen. Sister, tell your brother, brother, tell your auntie, now auntie, tell your uncle, uncle, tell my cousin, now cousin, tell my friend. Going up the country, mama, don't you wanna go? May take me a fair bride, may take one or two more. Big 80 left Savannah. Lord, it did not stop. You ought to saw that color farmer when he got them ball of hot. You can reach over in the corner, mama, and hand me my traveling shoes. 
You know by that I've got them states for blue Mama, sister got them, daddy got them Brother got them, friend got them, I got them I woke up this morning, we had them states for blue I looked over in the corner, grandma and grandpa had them too and why, Alistair, did you pick up the guitar? That's a good question. I, I'd played music since I was like in the third grade. I'd kind of stumbled through a few other instruments. You know, I think I played violin for a few months and gave that up, but I simultaneously started playing saxophone uh, in the school orchestra, like in fourth grade. And also I took piano lessons for a few years. And I don't, you know, I only played piano, you know, for two or three years. I can't really, I wouldn't say that I can play piano. I can figure out how to make chords, which is fine. But I played saxophone for about 11 years from uh, fourth grade till my first year of, of college. And along the way, I started playing bass in junior high because at a certain point I wanted to play rock. Yeah, there you go. Bass was my first electric <laughs> instrument because I wanted to learn how to play Sabbath songs and Iron Maiden songs. Like that's what I was into in junior high, you know. And, right. And... So I was playing a little bit of bass in junior high, and, and once I got to high school, you know, a lot of the music that was going on uh, was so guitar-driven, and I was so into it. And I mean, I have to, you know, say Eddie Van Halen was a huge catalyst for for that. Uh, you know, there were some other guitar players there in the early to mid '80s that I were really inspiring. There was a guy that played with Ozzy named Jakey e. Lee who started. Oh yeah, own, man, Jake. Yeah, he started his own band called Badlands in like Great eight band. years. So that was really, which was very blues based. Yeah, and so that's kind of how I sort of ended up. Sort of, I segued into blues and blues rock a few different ways. But you know, Eddie nice. Van Halen obviously had some some classic blues rock in his oh, yeah. background, and and same with Jake. And there was a guy that was playing uh in Dio named Vivian Campbell and and he went on to play with White Snake and now he's in Def Leppard but he was really into Gary Moore and Rory Gallagher and Thin Lizzy so so there was and I was reading all these names in these interviews so I started right. hearing these names and I was aware of Led Zeppelin and then you know so that's kind of how I started playing guitars I wanted to all play right. rock and that in that style of rock and I and I sort of figured it out for a couple years and then I got exposed to blues and blues rock and then that's where everything really clicked for me, where I really nice. was like, oh, now I understand how you go from, you know, B.B. King to Buddy Guy to Jimi Hendrix to the Almond Brothers to, you know, whoever it is. And and the, the light bulb went off and I just got so in and I just got really into blues for like a long period of time. Like that was all I wanted to hear because I wanted to absorb all of that and then have that come out in my blues rock guitar playing like i wanted to really do the homework and figure out how those guys came up with their style wow. Hey! 
thoughts on how we can continue the legacy of the blues for future generations coming in some of the younger people some of the newer musicians coming in who maybe don't know that much about it. how can we help keep that going well you know that's a really good question and 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 there's a different you know i don't i don't have you know a great answer i mean i have ideas but it's interesting that you don't see as many young people getting into blues blues rock as much there's a lot of great young players which is which is you know killer like you've got you know like kingfish who's a you know Mm -hmm. pretty young pretty young guy playing it Mm -hmm. and out there doing it and you've got a lot of a lot of really good young players coming out but as far as getting the fans exposed you know it's it's i don't know what that's going to take because they need to be able to identify with something 
that they listen to and then have that person kind of point the way back. And that was really easy for me when I would, you know, read interviews with Stevie Ray Vaughan or whoever it was. It was really easy because they were like, this is where I got my stuff. And I know there's a lot of blues based bands out there or bands that claim the blues as an as an influence. And I don't know how to connect those bands that the younger people are listening to with the blues form and so that's a you know i think that is an important thing to kind of figure out because you know the blues music and the history of it is so important to everything musical that that goes on and you can trace literally everything and i just i don't think that's ever going to go away i mean i think that it's i mean i don't think that's ever i mean the blues is never going to you know die or go away but it would be nice to see more you know younger people getting into it and getting exposed to you know some of these blues rock bands and blues bands and blues artists and and all of that stuff because there is a lot of that in popular music if you look at some of like the jam band scene or something like that where you have a lot of young people and you know the jam band scene comes from you know like the dead and the almond brothers essentially and you can you can also you could also argue hendrix and cream to an extent and maybe led zeppelin to an extent and so how do you connect those fans with right. with something that that's that's in that's more blues based and, and there are bands that that are able to capture that audience like maybe government mule for example oh yeah man who who, who have Brother a Warren. strong yeah has a strong blues base and even a band maybe like blackberry smoke even though they're more on the southern rock kind of thing those guys do those guys have obviously done some homework and, and listened to, to that music so how do you hook those fans in to go and 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 go get the new Kingfish record or the new Buddy Guy record or, or the new Toronzo Cannon record or whoever it is that's doing blues music that 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 is you know right that's that's also blues rock and also contemporary and then once if they're exposed to that stuff then maybe they'll go pick up a BB King record or a Buddy Guy record right. or or an Etta James record or whoever it is and. That's a great question. I wish I had an answer. I might. Oh man, you just gave an awesome <laughs> response. I'll be honest with you. Step on up, hit the floor 
think I'm silly? <laughs> well, you know I am. Laughing like a fool. That's my daily plan. Gotta keep yourself amused, even if it burns. Or life might get too serious. That's about what I learned. Life of the party. That's who I am. Life of the party. Listeners, Alistair, something about you that nobody knows. That nobody knows? That nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, maybe that... Or very uh, few know. Very Let's few. put it that way, yeah. Well, as, as far as, uh, you know, like a, a musical thing, like I'm into... I mean, like I've said, like we've already kind of covered some of the right. stuff that, that yeah. I'm into as far as like, you know, yeah. late 70s, early 80s, hard rock and metal, and then a lot of blues and blues rock, and we were talking about some of the classic rock... I'm actually a little bit of, of of kind of like a, I guess you could call it like the guitar. Well, I mean, people would know this about me, I guess, if they followed me online. But like just the some of the more geeky guitar things, like uh, you know Alan Holdsworth or or Steve Morse or Eric Johnson or Joe Satriani. I mean, that's I, I guess it's not that's not that big of a stretch. That's not like some no. secret. I'm trying to. I'm, I'm actually I'm looking, I'm looking at my CD collection here. I'm right. like, what's in here that people might trip out on I'm, I'm a big fan of uh of stevie wonder that was like one of the first things i ended up i ended up hearing when i was a little kid with stevie wonder and, and, and the beatles but those aren't like you know that's stuff that i think you would probably expect from from most people you know so <laughs> i'm uh you know i'm, I'm a, I, I used to be more of a sports fan but but not as much anymore because i just haven't had time to keep right. track of, of right. keep track of it you know so that's you know maybe something that people don't know that much about me is that i actually at one point was really into you know football and basketball and baseball but just music just really took me away from all of that stuff so it's been hard to i don't even know who's playing on my favorite teams anymore because i just am not in the you know my head's not in. i got you man Something's gone wrong Can't help believing I won't last too long Won't last too long 
Before you go on showtime how do you warm up man do you just go out there and put the guitar on and go out and rip it or do you, no, do you I, practice anything by backstage or how do you get yeah, how do you get I loose and warmed up i typically will i mean nine times out of ten i'll say uh i typically will warm up a little bit before i play and sometimes mm -hmm. as much as maybe like a half an hour okay. this this recent tour you know so you're talking about city winery uh, we played a total of six shows there and mm -hmm. five of them five of them were in a row and that was really nice so I, I i was when you do that many shows in a row you're you're you know you're feeling pretty good but i would like to warm up even a little bit vocally before going on stage just because i mean i was only doing a 40 minute set opening for tab benoit okay but it's also like when you know you're only playing 40 minutes you might play a little bit differently than if you knew you were playing 90 minutes so if i'm only sure. playing 40 minutes it's like and I always make a joke, you know, you want to stretch out. It's like, you don't want to pull a hammy in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Like, so I would warm up a little bit because I know I was going to go out there and really attack the guitar, you know, for, for I got 40 minutes, minutes man. I'm going to give you what I, I got. You know, it's like, and, and so I didn't, ex I would extend a couple solos here and there, but I wanted to get in the most amount of songs as I right. could right. in 40 minutes. Because, I mean, if I was doing like a longer set, you know, I could do, I would probably do less than eight songs in 40 minutes, you know, because I'd right. want to maybe stretch, stretch a few stretch out, it out a little bit. Sure. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I would warm up. I would, you know, warm up anywhere between, you know, five minutes and 20 or 20 minutes before going on stage. Just nothing really in particular, maybe just play a couple riffs or I'd play some scales or just some stupid finger exercises just to get my fingers warm. There's a lot of goofy stuff that I do that you don't ever hear on stage or on records just to warm up. <laughs> can shake, the sky come down, the mountains all fall to the ground, but I will fear none of these things, shelter me Lord underneath your wing, dark waters rise, thunder pounds, the wheels of war are going round. And all the walls are crumbling Shelter me, Lord, underneath your wings Shelter me, Lord, underneath your wings Hide me underneath your wings Hide me deep inside 
the deluge breaks, their tempest roars, but in the storm, my spirit sings, oh, shelter me, Lord, underneath your wing, shelter me, Lord, underneath your wing. Did it choose you? Absolutely. There was, I, it was something that just made everything make sense okay. to me. And and going back to what I was saying earlier, you know, being ex- into hard rock and then, you know, and I had gotten, I, I kind of went, you know, I went backwards like a lot of people do. So let's say I started with, you know, Van Halen and Ozzy or whatever. And then I got exposed to some Zeppelin and some Sabbath through that. Mm-hmm. And I took some guitar lessons early on, and my teacher mm-hmm. was like, "Well, if you want to play rock and roll, you're gonna to have to listen to Hendrix and Cream." And and at a certain point, 
a friend of my dad's loaned me that I've told the story a bunch of times, but it never gets old. A friend of my dad's loaned me about like seven or eight records. And it was BB King live at the Regal buddy guy, a man in the blues, Johnny winter, second winter, Almond brothers, Fillmore East, Stevie Ray Vaughan's first three records. And, uh, Jimi Hendrix cry of love. And so I took those, I went, I, you know, made tapes of them, you know, from a vinyl to a cassette. So I could tape mm -hmm. these records. And when I started listening to those, everything kind of came together. Like, Oh, this is where it all, this is where it all comes from. So everything made sense. Right. To me. That makes and perfect I like, sense. I know exactly what I, you mean. And I had really dedicated, dedicated myself to learning how to play guitar and really wanting to be, you know, an accomplished guitar player. And so when I heard that music, I really heard the story of rock and roll. I heard the story of, of guitar, the guitar playing that I liked, that I resonated to, whether it was Eddie Van Halen two hand tapping or whether it was BB King playing two notes and, and changing the world. Yep. It all, it all was like, man, this is what I love about all of this music is the feel. And then even some of the guitar tones. Right. And, it just it just all came together to for me and i and i and i couldn't get enough of just researching it and find it's like i kept wanting to find out it just became i guess it i guess you could say it chose me because i just wanted to learn more and more about How it cool is that? that's it
I've I've played Legends, I think, three times. I played Legends once with my band and twice with Sugar Ray Rafer. And the second time we played there, Buddy was there and he came up on stage and and actually did a a slow blues with us. And there's there's a couple, I don't think there's any video, but there's a couple of uh, pictures. And and I, he was one of the early guys that I got to go see. I've got his autograph somewhere up here, you know, and, and, and he was one of those guys that, in the early nineties, you know, was touring a lot and he'd be out here in California and I got to see him a few times and right wireless and go out into the audience. But yeah, man. So when I remember when he came up on stage in his club and this was, this is only like two and a half years ago or, or whenever it was. And I, there was part of me that was like, so like, Oh my God, I get to, I get to be on stage with this guy. And then I was also petrified too. <laughs> I've because, heard that from a lot of guys. Well, Cause he gets up and, and there's part of me that was like, man, I really wish that he'd get up with his guitar and play and I'd get to like be on, but he gets up, he holds the mic and he sings some songs. And in some ways that was almost more intimidating. I think that if he'd had a guitar because I'm the only guitar player on stage and he'd kind of point to me to like play. And I was just like, Oh, you mean I have to like literally play guitar in front of you right now? Like you're one of the guys that got me into this music. You're one of the guys responsible for this. Oh uh, yeah. And, and it was, but it was really cool. And, and he was, he was, he was awesome. And, and he was, I mean, he's so funny and engaging with the audience and yes, the thing that really blows me away, and we actually, one of the shows that I did with Sugar Ray, we actually opened for him at a festival in Canada. But one of the things that blows me away is just how great he still is, not only on his instrument, but his voice. I just, there's a right. handful of these guys where it's like, how how do you maintain that level of just his range and everything at 85 years old it's unbelievable it's absolutely unbelievable so it was yeah so very cool i'm a a fan i'm a fan i got a couple guitar picks i've got an autograph i've got some pictures with him and stuff so i'm a nice pretty big geek for that well it's funny you mentioned sugar ray uh (laughs) sugar ray was just on here last week he did one of these takeover shows yeah man very cool
do you think blues music um and you can you can answer this any way you want to do you think blues music will ever achieve the mass appeal it deserves or do you think it's still gonna kind of be what it is today i think i think it could be i think that really just kind of depends because you've you've seen you've seen kind of peaks and valleys i think Mm -hmm. over the years right you know right um i mean at least in my lifetime that i've been aware you know there was definitely you know that that thing that happened in the early 80s with george thorogood and the fabulous thunderbirds and stevie ray vaughn where it reached a bigger audience and then and then because of those guys being you know leaning more rock and being i guess you could call crossover acts if you wanted to sure sure it's shown the spotlight back on guys like buddy and bb king and and albert collins you know and, and a lot of the originators uh, you know, I think that that's possible that could happen again. I think, I, and and hopefully it will, and hopefully it'll be, you know, something that uh, will, again, that's maybe that's how younger people are going to get re-exposed or exposed to, to this music would, would be for some act to kind of cross over and whatnot. And I don't, you know, I, I don't know how that's going to happen. I would like to see that happen. I think it's, I mean, I think though you see there are a lot of blues bands out touring. It's, 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 it's prevalent, right. you know, and, and right. there's, right. ven- there's still venues, there's still a fan base, but I do think it's imperative that we start reaching, you know, a younger fan base to, to, to bolster the, you know, the, the amount of support that that music gets. Say I told you so And if I ever hurt you, baby You know I hurt myself as well Is there any way for a man to carry on? Do you think I want my love one gone? Said I love you more than you'll ever know.
I never even spent one red cent. Was there any way for a man to carry on? Do you think I want my love one gone? Said I love you. More than you'll ever know More than you'll ever know I'm not proud to be Just any kind of man
tell me what you think of this. What stories does the blues tell for you? Like mine or other people's, I think yours. Mine. I mean, you're all yours and other people's. What? Yeah, well, you can answer just, that both ways. I, you know, I don't. Again, I'm, I'd be paraphrasing. I would. I mean, if I had, well, I guess I have a computer in front of me. I could Google it. But there's a, mm-hmm. a good. There's a good Willie Dixon quote about you know the blues just being life. I mean, it's just you know. Or I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Again, it's like I wish I could. No, remember it's okay, quote. man. And that's really there's what a, it is. There's it, a great. It's, yeah, it's just it's just telling your story and and what I like about blues. And the music that it has influenced too is it is storytelling and it could be fictitious. It could, you know, it could be whatever you want. Right, it could be right. humorous. It could be sad. It could be, man, I really want to tell some sort of a story or I saw something today that right. made me want to write a song, like just start some lyrics. And so it's just, there's just, there's, there's a, a lot of expression that you can put into it in telling either your story or the story of something that you've seen or exactly. you know, or someone else or something else that you've been inspired by. And that's really one of the things that I, I love about it is, is hearing the stories.
down the road. And yeah, I want nothing but but great things for your brother. Nothing but huge success it. and love. Oh man, um, it's a lot to me to be on the show. Appreciate it. Good. We were honored to have you on here. So, ladies and gentlemen, as we wrap this up, hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Go on out there, Alistair. Tell them where they can find all of your social media and where they can get a hold of your music, sir. Well, you know the. Quickest way for all that is my website, which if you can spell my name is alistairgreen.com. And Stare. then Alistair, A-L-A-S-T-A-I-R, and then green with an E on the end. And from there, I've got, you know, I've got a YouTube channel that people can subscribe to and Facebook page, a Facebook group I've, uh, on Instagram on, and on Twitter. So I try to stay um, active on social media. And you can also go to uh, the record label website. If you want to get the new record, it's whiskeybayourecords.com. You can go there for the new world blues. And also the singles are all av available there too, as digital downloads. And you know, if, if, if you're into the streaming thing, you can find me on the streaming services too. But if you want a CD, I would go to whiskeybayourecords.com or my website. So and you've, on your website, you've got all your merch available if people want to pick up the merch. I've got some merch available. Yeah, I've got some merch available on the website and cool. links to different things and uh, news updates and, and tour dates and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, i got some dates coming up, and we're going to keep keep it rolling. Keep well, it rolling. okay, so on that note, you, yeah. he does have tour dates coming up. You need to get out there on the line and go out there and check and see where he's at. He's coming to a city near you. Get out there and see this man play live. You oh, will thanks. be blown away. Oh, man. The man you. comes out with fire coming out of his fingers up and down oh. the fretboard, man. <laughs> he's going to light it up for you, man. Oh, so get out man. there. Support my blood brother here. Alistair, it was absolutely just an honor to have you on and here, man. Thank you on behalf so of Bloody Guy Radio, we love you, dude. Thanks, thanks you for man, coming man. on. So, ladies and gentlemen.
look around. 